The FT. The UK government set up a commission to look into the best way to improve Britain's airport capacity. It's due to report its findings next year, and in the run-up to the decision, the main operators have been lobbying for the commission to back their expansion plans. Andy Bounds spoke to Charlie Cornish, chief executive of Manchester Airports Group, which owns Manchester and Stansted near London. What do you see as the future of airports in the UK and, and capacity, given all this debate about South East at the moment? Well, I think you have to look at the UK in terms of long-term supply and demand factors, and then you look at the breakdown of passengers. Vast bulk of passenger growth over the next 30 years is going to come from European leisure sectors, there's no doubt. Certainly there's going to be more growth in the long-haul sectors, but it's predominantly European short-haul focused. And again, that's got to be a key consideration that the Davis Commission has got to take into account when they actually look at where you require capacity. So I mean, my, my view of the UK uh, is that you need to look at the major cities, particularly if you, you look at the benefits that enhanced rail connectivity brings. So you've got Manchester with two runways, you've got Heathrow with two runways. You could see two runways in Stansted, two runways in Gatwick. So there's four major airports in the UK, well connected by rail, road and that should provide the capacity that the UK needs in the longer term. So I suppose in many respects that's actually more supportive of a dispersed model rather than focusing everything into hub airport and again the UK market doesn't necessarily require a hub airport because that's predicated on the basis of waves of connecting flights and in the UK around about 80% of people actually travel point to point rather than through a UK hub airport such as Heathrow, that isn't really operating as a hub in the same way that Abu Dhabi or Dubai would. So are you already seeing growth at Manchester? Yeah, we're seeing substantial growth at Manchester. By the end of this year, we'll be expecting to be to be at or very close to pre-recession peak, which will be around about 22 million passengers. Our growth has come from growth in low-cost sectors with airlines such as Ryanair and EasyJet and Jet2, as well as additional volumes going in to the US and through the Middle East hubs. Stansted, actually similar growth. We'll add probably over a million passengers to Stansted by the end of this year, and we're forecasting we'll do the same again next year, if not even more. So we're seeing above market growth both in Stansted and Manchester. I know one of your ambitions is to get full service carriers into Stansted. Do you, do you think that's likely to happen soon? Yeah, we're, we're in active engagement with a number of full-service airlines at this moment in time. What we're doing in the early stages is we're completely refurbishing the terminal building, so we've now opened a new security setup. We are 50% through completion of a new retail journey, which is probably one of the best retail experiences in the UK once, once it's finished. So we've opened the first part, which big part of which is World Duty Free, which looks absolutely superb. By the time we get to next July, that retail refurbishment will be complete. And 12 months from now, we should be finished refurbishing one of our satellites, which will be designed to meet the expectations of full-service airlines. So once we do those two projects, I'm fairly confident we'll actually start to bring in some, some full-service airlines into Stansted. But I think, it, I think as part of the Airport Commission debate and capacity debate, you actually have to look at where the catchment actually sits and where people travel to. So we know in the wider Stansted catchment, there's hundreds of thousands of people actually drive or get the train past Stansted and fly from Heathrow. Whereas if we bring the destinations into Stansted, there will be viable short-haul 
business routes into Europe, but equally long-haul routes into America and the Middle East. So we know, looking at passenger destinations, that the routes are viable from Stansted. So we just need to modernise facilities, and then we're confident we'll bring the, the route destinations in. For us, Stansted's key in the UK uh, aviation debate. And when the government looks at the configuration of the airports across the UK, they shouldn't lose sight of the fact that London is actually growing east. If you look at the Mayor's Plan, it is about growth in the east all the way down, down and towards Stansted. And it actually makes sense that there's potentially some good airport facilities in the west and some good airport facilities in the east. And the only place in the east is actually Stansted. So we think Stansted's ideally placed to add more capacity at the moment. As you know, it's only 50% full. By the time we get to 2030 to 35, Stansted will be getting close to that point. You have to think about putting additional capacity into Stansted. And in the model whereby you have better rail connectivity, we would expect Stansted to be a key component of four or five major airports in the UK providing all the capacity that the UK needs up until 2050 and potentially beyond. If London's going to the east, wouldn't a Boris Island make sense rather than Stansted? Well, in my view, my view it wouldn't. The reason why it wouldn't, the, the environmental issues that would be attributable to building a four, five, six hub airport in the Thames estuary would be significant. The cost is estimated anywhere between fifty and hundred billion pounds, and the landing charges, which ultimately have to be borne by the airlines, would be way in excess of what you would actually incur at Heathrow or Stansted. So, I mean, there are already facilities in Stansted. The rail connections are there. It's not that expensive to upgrade the rail network to to push more volume through with rail. We've already got one runway. We've already got a modern terminal. There's lots of land in Stansted, so it's not that difficult to build Stansted out. So I couldn't really see the, the benefits of building a Thames Estuary airport. And equally, again, in my view, the UK doesn't need a four or five runway hub airport, what it actually needs is four or five major airports that have got modern facilities and can actually take, whether it's business or leisure, passengers on a journey point to point with modern aircraft. We're told that our trade in the future needs to be with the emerging economies and the long-haul destinations. Do you not buy that theory? No, I think if you look at the global economy, you, you know, it doesn't, doesn't take much to work out that countries like China, countries like Brazil and India are growing at a much faster rate than, than Western economies. But again, if you look at the trade flows at this moment in time, the vast bulk of trade flows from the UK are going into, whether it's Europe or actually into, into the US. That proportion of trade as you roll out 20 years is not going to change significantly. There will certainly be more trade into emerging economies. There's no doubt, but the vast proportion of required travel uh, as you walk out to 2050 will still be into the traditional markets that the UK works with. Now, I think it's also a fallacy to say, uh, and a number of people do say this, that you need to hub over Heathrow to connect with businesses in emerging economies. That's just untrue, because you can fly from Manchester or Stansted or Birmingham through a Middle East hub or through Schiphol and connect with businesses anywhere in the world. So you can connect anywhere in the world, and for people to say you can't is just fundamentally untrue. And are these rail systems going to be built in time to deal with the growth in UK aircraft traffic? You know, HS2, we're talking about the 2020s towards 2030, HS3 across the Pennines, we're not even sure. We haven't got a plan for it yet, we've got an aspiration. 
Yeah, it's, and, and, and it's a good aspiration. I think it's important to consider how we can actually rebalance the UK economy. So that's clearly important and should be a key strategic aim of whatever government comes into power next time around. But if you think about aviation capacity, even if we made a decision today to build a new terminal, a new runway, that won't be ready until somewhere around about 2025 to 2030. And if the government, the next government procrastinates over decisions, it could be even longer. So you could foresee a situation whereby high speed three, high speed two will be delivered at the same time as you can put additional aviation capacity in place in any case. When you took over Stansted, it required a big change in the structure of what at the time was a council-owned airport or 10 council-owned airport. A lot of you know debt and investments as well from outside. Quite a big gamble, some would say. How do you think it's worked out? Well, I, th- I think it's been, um, it's been an interesting opportunity. I think two years into ownership of Stansted now, everything we said we'd deliver in terms of increased passenger numbers, uh, increased profits, increased cash flows more dividends going to shareholders, all all of that's been done. The major transformation projects, such as reconfiguring the retail space at Stansted, that's now, first phase of it is now complete and we'll finish the the final phase next year. So everything we said we'll do has been done. So in Stansted and Manchester, you're now seeing significant growth in passenger numbers, outperforming the market. You're seeing more profits, better cash flows, you're actually starting to see better infrastructure being put in place. So I think if you look back against everything we said we'd do, we've done it and more. Good news for the taxpayers of Greater Manchester? Well, I think the more we increase dividend flows into Greater Manchester owners, I think that's good news for people in the in the region. OK, thanks very much. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., 